discussion about the idea of ET human hybrids is not new. But recently, there's been an uptick in attention on this part of the phenomenon that we call ET reality. The possibility that a large hybridization program has been and continues to be underway is also gaining momentum within ufology circles. The hit TV series Ancient Aliens has even dedicated a show in the recent past on hybrids. And in that particular episode, they featured the person you are about to hear from. Robert Frost Fullington calls himself one such individual, part ET and part human. As tough as this may be for some people to believe or wrap their minds around, hybrid humans may be walking amongst us each and every day. If you were to pass Robert on the street, you would never know he has qualities different from any other person. But when you hear his story, you'll know something quite different and otherworldly is going on. Here now is my chat with Robert Frost Fullington. What a pleasure it is to have you back on the show, Rob. You know, it's hard to believe it's been over three years, closer to four years, actually, that you first joined uh, the show along with the author of Meet the Hybrids, Miguel Mendoza, to talk with us. And, you know, I recall you had just returned from the UFO Congress in Arizona, where you spoke along with several other individuals featured in Miguel's book, Meet the Hybrids. And I know a lot has changed for you since that sort of coming out. You know, there's been quite a lot of attention on you recently, including being featured both on Ancient Aliens, as well as a very, very emotional testimony you gave that appeared in the documentary film Extraordinary The Seating. This documentary in particular, which I saw some time ago, I think it's been within the year, I have to say was one of the most touching and even disturbing I've heard from you. <laughs> Yeah. What you discussed uh, and how you dealt with the multitude of interactions in your life up until now. What was it like going so deep like that in front of the cameras for this film in particular? Uh, with with those guys, it was actually really easy. Uh, you know, uh, there's they had like a energy about them that was really easygoing. Uh, and I just felt comfortable with the whole crew. And so, yeah, it just it just kind of went it flew flowed naturally, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, so it was, and then of course doing a couple things here and there beforehand, uh, like a interview, like a doing your show and stuff, really mm -hmm. helps. Really helps with uh, letting the information flow smoothly. Sure. Yeah. yeah, but it was so emotional. I, I recall uh, you, Melinda Leslie. Some in our yeah. audience may know that name, uh, as uh, well as several others. Very. Talk about a little bit, just for those who haven't seen um, The Seating, Extraordinary The Seating, we will make sure to have a link. It's a fabulous documentary, just visceral in terms of people that are having these very anomalous, still uh, mysterious experiences and, and how you're responding to it. What was it? Talk a little bit about what you shared, if you to, to your recollection, because I know there's been a lot. Your life uh, has been I, full. I mean... I pretty much went into everything with them. I mean, we had hours upon hours, a couple of days uh, worth of filming, you know, uh, a lot of stuff that got cut out. That'd be really cool too mm -hmm. for people to see, you know, so, um, but yeah, pretty much I went into a lot of stuff with them. Of course, there's a lot of things you can't really share, but uh, for the most part, yeah, I was able to tell them everything. They'd have a whole really cool, uh, yeah, full full story there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, tell, share with the audience, if you would. Now, um, 
in the intro, we, we discussed the fact that, uh, and this will be, you haven't heard it, but of course our audience has heard it, uh, that you feel yourself to be hybrid, that you feel yeah. yourself to be hybrid. And we're going to go into that more, but in, as far as the show, the, the show, the documentary is concerned, you talked about some of the, the challenges associated with that. Yeah. Um, maybe you could share a couple with us right now. Oh yeah, you know one of, one of the cool things about the documentary that they kind of like pointed on that I've always felt like I wanted to uh, talk about was uh, the human side of the experience, right? Because in the end, it is I'm, I am a person, you know, uh, tr- trying to live a as normal life as I possibly mm-hmm. can, which is which is now forget it. It's never going to be normal again, but. Uh, <laughs> um, you know the whole the struggle with uh, trying to go through these experiences, uh, just mind numbing experiences, and then trying to live a go to work, uh, pay your bills, and try to uh, maintain this uh, uh, <clears throat> program, if you want to call it that, right? And uh, yeah, yeah, I was really that was I think that was one of the reasons why it was good, easy to talk to these to them because that's what they were pointed on. I was like, oh man, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really about that. Wow. Yeah. Well, again, I, I'm going to encourage everyone to go um, uh, see, I, I know it's still available, uh, Extraordinary, the seating. I'm sure it's available on several platforms. We'll make sure that we have a link as well as if I can find the episode for ancient aliens uh, that might lead you there. Uh, yeah. I think it was pretty unprecedented that, that ancient aliens tackled the, the hybrid uh, <laughs> part of the story. We're going to get into that. We're going to get into that a little further. But listen, for the yeah. audience, before we do, before we go any further, I want to share with the audience, Rob, a short clip from the audiobook Meet the okay. Hybrids, of which you were prominently featured. Uh, now, I had the pleasure of narrating this book. And I have to say, playing you, Rob, in this regard was probably <laughs> the most emotional, invigorating, and engaging for me to do as a voiceover artist. And I've done a lot of voice work. One of the most powerful I've ever done. So in this little segment, you were being asked by the author simply, how did you learn you were a hybrid? And here's what you had to say. When I started researching the ET subject, I noted I had many similarities with other ET experiencers. As far as I can remember, I started to have encounters at around age five when I received my implants under my tongue. Then, between five and ten years old, there were some random encounters. Between thirteen and sixteen, I would wake up with odd marks on my body and blood spots on my pillow. It went flat in my late teens and twenties, until a big awakening at around twenty-eight, and now in my thirties. I have a decent understanding about my identity and my place in the universe. Full realization comes on slow, because at first, you have to start questioning your experiences. It's subtle things here and there, like my wrist, for example. I was born double-jointed in my wrists. People gave me the nickname The Mantis growing up. When I got into martial arts, I created my own mantis style, which I incorporated into my other styles, partly because my wrists were more flexible and I had to develop a method of punching that would work for me. At 29, I was fully activated, which was 2009. It was a life-changing event where my wife and I were out in the yard one night, and we had a 45-minute encounter with this huge black triangular craft 
flying slowly and silently over the house. It was so low, I could have hit it with a rock. That got me started on my journey, and things just snowballed from there. So, Rob, really, you were getting very distinct clues that something unusual was going on with you from an early age. First thing I want to ask you is, you said you were having random encounters at 5 and 10. What were some of those encounters, if you could share with us? Oh, my goodness. You know, uh, of course, at the time, not knowing um, that I was connected in any way to that, I used to have uh, dreams when I was really, really young, and there would be... Uh, nightmares if you will right they're like i just remember feet like feet running around chasing me right and then there was just like these pale white feet that were good uh i know it sounds odd but you know you're, you're thinking of the mind of like a you know three to five year old here and there would always be a, a physical sound in the room before i had these hmm. uh dreams like it was like it was like a I'd actually hear that, and I knew that that was going to be like, oh, okay, the feet are coming. So you were awake when you were hearing these sounds? Yeah. And yeah, then awake. you would go into the dream state, okay. Yeah, and then um, one one night I had this dream where I was, I was at my great-grandmother's house, and uh, I had this dream where there was this dark entity in the house, and I was trying to get it, save everybody from it. And it touched me, and it burned. I remember feeling an intense burn on my shoulder, waking up and seeing a handprint burned on my shoulder. Really? Right? Yeah. And I, I remember that freaked me out as a kid, you know. Um, but you know, I a dream. I was I was staying at uh, in my aunt's room and sleeping on the floor, and I thought maybe a carpet burn or something, you know. But now looking back, I'm like, okay, that was. That was one of the things, uh, getting my implants in. Yeah, talk about that. You said that you found some under your tongue. Uh, under what, my tongue. Yeah. yeah. What, why? I mean, implants, we know that, uh, we know are well known to research uh, in in the field of, of ufology. And it was, I believe, uh, the late Roger Lear who was, who uh, really dug into, no, no pun intended, to what this was about and the fact that they were alien implants. Why under the tongue for you, though? I mean, they're found all over the body, but why under yeah. the tongue, you think? I have, no, I have no idea. I have no idea. Maybe so I know they're there. Are they still I, there? Ah, they're still there. They, really? They, one's like a, it's like a small grain of rice. The other one's like a really tiny um, BB, you know, non-metallic. Um, sometimes they'll pop out of their little set and then start spinning around and doing feeling uncomfortable and yeah and under I know that your there. tongue mm-hmm. so do, does this affect your speaking or when you're eating no, or no no just only when they pop out then i just like uh, oh they're they're popping out or i'll just become aware of it all of a sudden you know and yeah, throughout my life i at first when i was a kid i thought it was cancer in my mouth you know we, we were we were um having a school book reading about uh, childhood cancer and the kid started having tumors in his mouth and I was like oh my god there's tumors in my mouth and hmm. my, my mom assured me that no son everybody has lumps in their mouths and it you know I just went on with it for my life not realizing what what it was now I'm like ah yeah that makes sense that well, makes how do sense. you okay so I want to stay on this for a minute Rob how how do you how do you know that these are actually implants have you had this checked out 
By yeah, I have. have. Uh, my dentist has no idea what they are. Like, I don't know what those are. They don't show up on the x-ray either. They don't? No, they That's don't show up on the x-ray. Yeah, yeah. And you can pull them. You can pull on them. You can take the, like a pair of tweezers and grab them through the skin and pull on them. Uh, I had a magnet stick to them one a couple times, and but then it won't stick sometimes. But you can even hear the click, like a click. And it's like, I don't know what the heck is going on with that do you have a sense if you were to go deep here and just i'm sure you've thought about what i mean we that's the big question with any implants i mean the first thing you would think is that it's some sort of a tracking device but could it be more than that is it have you thought about that i mean really yeah i have i have and you have no idea Uh, well the you know you got to kind of think abstractly obviously right so the thought of is kind of abstract but I mean, you know, uh, I've always had a, if I was just to think abstractly and just kind of like, what, what could it be? Maybe it's some kind of vib- vibrational device in order to uh, uh, help anchor my consciousness for someone in, within this body. I, that's, now that's, that's yeah. like, a, that's my abstract off the wall, but right. uh, a gra- let's say, let's go with a, a grounding, uh, uh, you know, logical, I would say definitely a transmitter of some sort you know do you feel that you are entitled to know given that it's your body i yeah i would feel that way but you know what i've learned that over the past 10 years of experiencing this is that uh yeah these these uh these answers are really hard to come by yeah Yeah, well of course they are and i'm I'm, I'm certainly not trying to uh make it uh you know look at this in a (sighs) vacuum you can't yeah you can't look at it it's such a mystery and yet i say that uh to the extent that us humans are involved, there is a part of us. Well, I, I, I always say, again, no pun intended. We have skin in the, we have skin in the game, meaning that we're a part of this phenomenon. So, shouldn't we be conscious of what's happening? At least to the extent that we can understand. Maybe we're just not ready to understand. I don't know. But yeah. you you talk about uh, at twenty nine and you're thirty nine uh, now you felt yourself to be fully activated. What do you mean when you say activated? How so? <laughs> oh, geez. Um, you know, it's at that moment, it's when you, when you fully have dissolved like your, all your old belief systems, for mm-hmm. one, uh, uh, religion, uh, how you think the universe works, you know, just throw all that wonderful stuff out the window. Um, and then it becomes where uh, it's an it's an everyday part of your life, you know. I had my uh, boss and a friend of mine now, who was would be a good example of fully activated. Uh, he was kind of skeptical at first, you know, and then finally, after years, I always told him, I was like, "Man, you're gonna hang out with me as long as long as you are. You're gonna see something crazy." And uh, sure enough, one day, you know, we had a, a pretty pretty good obvious ufo encounter and uh my wife and i are there looking at at these things going overhead and he's less like you know beside himself and i remember he's he's trying to hold my hand and he's all he's all he's all like he's like this is a beautiful moment he's like and he's looking at me and he's like i don't get it man he's like why are you how come you're not all excited about this I'm like man this is like this is every day I'm like i see we see this stuff like you know a few times a month or really? you know yeah so i'm like this is that's so that's that's what it is it's like when it's become such a 
integrated part of your life that something that extraordinary to somebody else has become kind of an everyday thing. That's that's when I that's that's it. Mm-hmm. Right there. How long was that encounter? That particular encounter where you were with your friend? That was after Meet the Hybrid. So, but I mean, how long did the how long did two, the encounter last? That lasted about so it was two years ago. That lasted about fifteen fifteen minutes or so. Really? Fifteen twenty minutes, give or take. Yeah. That's yeah, with I, a with a, with a small encounter that ex- told me that there was going to be a bigger encounter later. That was just a second. You know, I saw a little ship on the drive home, and it's like, ah, oh, we're going to see. Oh, he's going to be able to see something, and sure enough, he was able to see something. Mm-hmm. You know? And did he change after that oh, experience? Yeah. Totally, totally changed. Yeah, he's full blown, having uh, his own. You know, by himself, seeing seeing craft and stuff, and yeah, interesting. Kind of, yeah, it's happened to a couple couple friends of mine that you know they've started seeing things, and yeah. Well, I say that because and, and I'm reminded of a gentleman who does stellar work in uh, this and other aspects of the paranormal, Steve Mara, uh, and I'll never forget when Steve shared with me. Uh, some of the research that they have had procured some of the data in terms of length or duration of UFO sightings, if they last in excess of eight minutes, and there are a couple of other parameters, but typically if they last over eight minutes, there is a good chance that it could be more than just a visual sighting, but in fact, a contact encounter. Do you have any uh, indication that that could have happened? particularly oh. for this person, that that was more than just a sighting. You think something else happened there? Mm. No, more more just a sighting. Yeah, more just a sighting. Really? Okay. That one, yeah. Um, we have, I've, I haven't experienced missing, a missing segment of time with him before. Uh, we kind of roommated up for a minute there, for and I walked in, and, and like for a flash, saw like something standing over him. You know, so yeah, he totally. Eventually, uh, stuff started happening to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, one never knows. We don't know, and, and I don't know that there's any hard and fast criteria for how it all works. But yeah. that's why I wanted to know whether the individual had changed oh, in terms. Time. Okay. Very, yeah. very. Um, that's stunning, and yet not surprising. So I want to go a little bit now, Rob. You you were kind enough to uh, say that you would share with our audience some of the additional challenges that you've experienced since that activation at the age of 29. I know it's been a tough road for you. What sorts of things had you been experiencing really on the anomalous side that you think maybe just sort of aftermath? Uh, (laughs) Anomalous stuff. Yeah. Mm. Like, uh, like kind of like what's been, you know, the communication with nature, that that's a big one. Um, that's a really big one. The becoming empathic. Oh my goodness, that is the hardest thing in my book to have okay. to deal with. What is that like? Talk, talk about that. Okay, so imagine, imagine one day, <laughs> one day, right? You're, uh, uh, you're just a normal, normal person, right? I, I have to admit, I obviously had this beforehand, but you know, it really kicked on afterwards. Like if you walk into uh, store right and you have like let's just say like 20 
30, 40 people there, right? All of a sudden you start feeling um, like you can literally feel the emotions of everybody inside of the store, right? You just start feeling uh, the emotions of people. Uh, sometimes it gets so strong where it's just like, oh, I got to I gotta get away because you get this feeling of emotion from people. Mm-hmm. That was really hard to adjust to. Then, then there's the uh, – uh, it goes – because people are really, really psychic, right? So their the their field of influence is pretty is a lot greater than you would think, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so then then it gets into nature, right? And you start um, feeling like animals and trees and and other things, and and they kind of like start communicating in this really really interesting way, you know. Um, that, yeah, that's really hard to be able to uh, adjust, especially when technically this this kind of sensation doesn't exist. It doesn't exist, right? So you were being yeah. faced. Were you being faced with just questioning the validity of the experience itself? Exactly. Yeah. St- still okay. do. You still, still do. Still do. And the fact that I have to constantly uh, question is like is it because the truth is so far out there that in this program reality that we all exist in. Right, it's hard. To, it's really hard to just, for me, anyways, to freely express express this comfortably because it just feels uncomfortable because I'm so used to. Yeah, it's like I'm not going to go to the neighbor's house and just be like, I feel like you guys are feeling shitty today. I've, got, <laughs> I've come here to brighten your day. You know, it doesn't it doesn't work that way. So you have to. It's like I, I have. I feel like I have to keep it hidden and suppressed. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that that's hard. That's hard. And so, then I'm sorry. Just, oh, and then there's the whole challenge of flying. I call it flying by the seat of my pants, right? Um, because really, nobody knows exactly a hundred percent of all this stuff. So you're trying to find all this information out. What is this? Why is it happening? So you have to kind of just like go by the seat of your pants, since technically it's it's a new frontier of exploration, since everything else has been. <clears throat> excuse me already everything else has already been explored and this is like the new frontier of exploration so everything is new the information mm-hmm. coming out can tend to be new and completely against uh what, what everybody currently believes well, is sure. possible yeah well i know that you uh not only in the making of meet the hybrids but beyond uh have had occasion to get to know other individuals who believe themselves yeah. to be hybrids as well what was that like for you Oh man, I tell you, it's it's amazing. Thank God for other people, really. You know, because you do get this isolation feeling and start. Um, you know, thank God for my wife Megan too for hanging out with me, and uh, you kind of start developing a community with everybody. You mm-hmm. know, and we all kind of, you know, help each other out, and um, yeah, yeah. And then the confirmations that we have with each other, as far as like, oh. You know, I was experiencing this, and it's like, oh my God, yeah, yeah. So that that helps with the confirmation of uh, and, and validating the experiences. Mm-hmm. Was there ever one experience? I'm sure it sounds like you're still, I wouldn't say on the fence, but you're still just questioning. This would cause you to question the whole nature of reality. Anybody, yeah. But was there a particular incident, Rob, that gave you the epiphany without a shadow of a doubt? 
I am a hybrid. What I uh, suspected to be true is true. Was there a moment? And if so, what uh, was it? Gosh, what was the exact, really thinking about it in today, the exact moment, you know, uh, like I said, it, it's just a, uh, what was it? It's just a pow. <sighs> Because it was a gathering of, of, of experiences, but you're right, there was this exact moment where like all of a sudden my heart started pounding and it was like, oh my God, that's the answer. And mm-hmm. it's just trying, when did it happen? It was definitely, it was definitely after having my first contact experience and then trying to figure out what, uh, why is it that the experiences I was having so different than, uh, many people and then how come i'm even having experiences period the end when uh most people around me aren't right Uh, what is that there's something unique there and then of course there's the whole like uh okay uh now i'm having other people starting to have experiences themselves and Mm -hmm. i'm like directly responsible for so what what is that and all of a sudden i do remember having i don't remember exactly when but i remember having that that is the answer. That mm-hmm. is it. You just know and what then, you know. Yeah, and then I did meet the hybrids, and uh, I do have a split. Um, you know, there's a, there is a split within the UFO community, and I, I call it. You have your Barbara Lamb hybrids, and then you have your Doctor Jacobs yes. hybrids, uh, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. And it, and in the very beginning, I didn't uh, I didn't want to recognize the negative aspect of it, but then. Of course, meeting everybody else and then having my own uh, experiences into that negative aspect of the hybridization program. Uh, there is a lot of different um, uh, uh, agendas out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Barbara Lamb, bless her heart, is, uh, I don't know that she is oblivious to the negative aspects, but she certainly likes to take the glass half full, as as she should. Uh, yeah. But the based on testimony, and I mean, look, we're, for the most part, dealing with anecdotal evidence as opposed to, um, you know, um, absolute proof. This is more anecdotal in nature. Uh, we've heard both, and we've heard some, I know I've taken in some very, very, uh, mind-twisting stories, to say the least. Um, I'm thinking of Charmaine de Rosario Sage. Yeah, I'm going yes. to mention her because she gave a lot of her testimony in Meet the Hybrids, and I've met and, and spoken with uh, Charmaine and actually witnessed a couple of things having to do with some of the these challenges, let's just say. But So they both exist. But uh, let's let's talk a little bit more about what you feel you yourself to be in terms of the species of well, being that being and that was touched on in the in the little clip that we played mantid or mantis many who follow uh, the field of ufology rob obviously have studied some of the species that we may be commingling with uh, and yeah. are familiar with and the mantid race is uh, mentioned frequently how did you come to know that your et dna was from that species in particular oh yeah that would that's a that was actually an easy one yeah, really easy uh, for me to come up with that realization. I, I met one in face-to-face, full conscious uh, man, 3D manifestation of a mantis being, and uh, that would do it. Yeah, uh, um, and and the way it it's it was done, it was uh, uh, the whole contact experience. You know, uh, my 
mentor, you know, Cynthia Crawford. Yes. Right? And uh, she had a Project Camelot video. When I, when I was, you know, just coming into my awareness, waking up, right, going through some crazy stuff, I came across her video. I didn't know her at the time. And uh, she had this, you know, where she's bringing statues out. Mm-hmm. And uh, she brings out this mantis statue. And I remember seeing it and being like, oh, my God, I, I, I just felt this familiar feeling with that, with the image of that being. And uh, I ended up going to her website and checking out the her statues, and um, I stared at I stared at the picture of the mantis statue for like a good hour or so, and uh, went to bed. Uh, and you start feel, hearing like a thing in your head saying, uh, "I don't like that very much." And it's like, ah, okay, what well, don't I like very much? So I, I feel this this heavy voice in your head. It's like a conversation that I'm having. At the time, I thought that I was having a conversation with myself, mm. right? Uh, like I lost my mind, and I saw this hatchet, and that I had alongside the bed, and still I don't like it very much. Like I grab it, put it into the drawer. I still don't like it very much, but I'm not going to make you go outside. I'm like, what the heck, you know, is this about? <laughs> and uh, I remember thinking, oh dang. Uh, am I going to have contact tonight? It's like, if so, don't. I've heard about this. Don't wake my wife up. Mm. You might scare her. So go to sleep. Uh, I wake up. The room's just this golden light all throughout the room. There's this six foot, seven foot tall uh, mantis being on the foot of the bed. You know, don't think it like a like a skeleton, uh, an insectoid. Type. I mean, there's a few different mantis types out there, but this in particular species of mantis has a, uh, uh, they have skin, right? They don't have this exoskeleton. Um, they got fat. I remember seeing its little fat rolls on its belly, and that made me kind of giggle a little bit. Huh. Um, you know, green, green, lime green skin on its back and uh, white on its chest and uh, these massive forearms with this like really wrinkly skin and then wrists that bend, you know, all the way down and fingers that touch the elbows and long neck, you know, big head, almond sh- uh, shaped eyes. And uh, the being bowed to me. And I remember thinking, why were you bowed to me? Dude, I'm just, I'm just Rob. I'm just a normal guy. You know, no, there's nothing special about me. And, um, uh, all of a sudden, this feeling of uh, uh, complete joy came over me, and uh, this feeling like I found this is it. I found the what I've been missing in my life. And this instant feeling of family, you know, came over me, and it it puts its hand out, touches me in the third eye, and I just black out. And from then on, I knew that there was a very unique connection that I had with these beings. And then, of course, after that, I, that was when I got in contact with uh, uh, my dear, our dear friend Cynthia, and mm. she really, she really helped me out from there. Mm. I'm going to stop you just for a minute because I hear what would some might think is a baby rattle in the background. <laughs> I don't know what oh. that is. But I'm going to have you. I don't want you to stay completely still because I know you have to be expressive, but the microphone is picking that up. And I want oh, everyone it, to hear what you were saying, not yeah, the rattle. It, it, it could be. No, it could be. Um, <laughs> I have a really, like I said, a massive windstorm going on. Okay. So you could be hearing and I can hear. Yeah, I mean, it's blowing pretty bad. Okay. I think it's something that you, because I can tell it's, else? you're fine now. 
We'll keep it going. I'll let you know. It's okay. okay. Journey is now. I'll, I'll stop you because I want to make sure that everyone okay. hears what you have to say. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So let's go back. Let's go back, Rob, to this experience. Now, was this at about the time where you were having the the, the confirmation at 29? When did this? Yes. Okay. This this was uh, after after the big ship. Yeah, after the big ship encounter in 2009, which was of the awakening. I call it my awakening full-blown awakening experience December 2009 so, so I'm coming up on a 10-year anniversary mm-hmm. super cool um, that gosh I lost my train of thought now anyways that that was that ship experience you know, yeah that's it you know you've obviously been regressed right I'm assuming because Barbara in the course of doing meet the hybrids did she regress you uh, I have been regressed let me think one two three times oh okay that's it. Everything else is uh, is you know full conscious memory. You know. And were you and, able during the regression to recover even more that you had been completely uh, yeah. unaware of? Yeah. Could you mention anything? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to get stuff out of you, right? I want to. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. So uh, yeah, yeah. I have to prod because there's so much stuff I can't. Just, I know. It, I know. It's hard for me to go through the archives of my of my brain here. All right. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. Let's say. Uh, the third one, okay, I did, we had an experience where, um, it, okay, so I'm, I'm trying to, hold on, give me a second to, to gather my thoughts here. Okay, so we have uh, this experience where I wake up, there's this, what some people call tall white zeta, uh, all white skin, uh, six feet tall, a light bulb head, right? Uh, real long three fingers with finger long fingernails at the tip anyways uh this being standing at the corner of my bed grabs my ankle right i'm floating about three feet off the bed right i'm fully conscious what is happening Hmm. right it it puts its finger up to its mouth and goes and so i black out and then i wake up the next day oh i sorry i wake up and then i'm like in this it was so very fire in the sky movie, right? Where that film goes over them, mm-hmm. right? Same thing. Like this film was over me, but I can kind of see through it. And I start freaking out. Like I'm under these blankets. I'm trying to get out. And all of a sudden I see these hands tapping on the film. And they calm me down, right? And so that was – I woke up. The next day on the news, uh, a blue light was seen over the city uh, that night. Similar to the craft that I, in this this is December craft, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I had that regressed, and that one, um, yeah, to come to it would take forever to go through the whole thing. You don't need to. No, that's fine. But that that was one that came out um, during regression, is what you're saying. Yeah, and uh, the intel that I got from that is, uh, in, in my opinion, profound for for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and this one got into the the negative aspect of it, and um, uh, it was there was a, like a, a table, a, a row of tables, right? And there was a bunch of people, and this was actually got into the stereotypical because you had this row of table, these smaller reptilian-like beings with the long elongated skull, uh, really really razor sharp. Uh, claws 
with three three claws. And now I, I have had pictures of me where I've woken up and had these three claw marks just ripped all the way up my body, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, I've always wondered not where they came from. Now it's it's these guys. Now, um, what they were doing was is that they were abducting they were abducting people, um, taking DNA samples, right? And they were um, using them to create uh, hybridized uh, human beings. Now, the reason <laughs> the reason why they were doing this is because uh, they were trying to find out. They're trying to create a a being that uh, could exist in the third dimension with a higher vibrational soul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So they're trying to find out why it is that. I mean, how is it that an ancient race of beings created these bodies to contain a higher vibrational soul, right? And uh, the mantis beings was, I mean, I remember feeling this extreme sadness from, from the mantis beings and, you know, trying to figure out why, you know, they were, they were feeling so, so sad. And it was because like uh, they were upset because humanity had its chance. They felt that we had so much potential to, uh, to go so far and yet we it's like we squandered that a lot of uh our species squandered that that chance and uh, like uh it's almost like the uh i don't know how to say it but it's almost like um you know the the (laughs) it's like the judgment's been passed kind of deal right and it's just like waiting for the time of this event of whatever to so what you're saying is that we've reached the point of no return. We've already the damage has been done, and there's no turning back. Is that what I'm getting from what you're saying? That that was kind of like the feeling, but you have to you have to think of it as like as long as we're here, there's always a chance. But if you think of like uh, if you were to throw a toy boat in the middle of a stream, right? You can pretty much guess where that boat's going to go because it's in the main current. But there could be surprises. You know, it could it could take off into a particular uh, eddy or something, you know, yeah, that's unforeseeable. But as far as like uh, um, the the mainstream energy stream, it does in timeline stream. It doesn't seem that doesn't seem like our future is is too too bright. But who mm. knows? Who knows? You know, who as knows? far as yeah, as far as like um, you know, uh, Earth changes and all that stuff. Wonderful right. things. So much of this has been talked about in terms of, you know, there's still some people who feel that there is a rescue operation underway, that uh-huh. something's going to happen and some other uh, race of beings will intervene, maybe, you know, God himself. Obviously, this has been an age-old discussion, and yeah. yet uh, I think what a lot of people are sensing is that we are, as the cliche goes, uh, we are the change we've been waiting for. But either way, let's just hope that we're still... Uh, it's let's hope the jury is still out and that there is a chance. And I, I think that there there's a lot going on right now in terms of the shifting of, of the tides, if you will. Yeah, I, I have the, a good feeling about it. Yeah, I you really do? do. Okay. I do. I really do. Yeah, I, I have a good feeling about it. It does seem that uh, human nature tends to be chaotic, so hard to predict which, right. which way we're going to go, right? right? I have a good I have a good feeling. I have a positive 
I, I have a positive feeling. Yeah. yeah. No, I know. And that came through in the book loud and clear. So we're, okay. we're going to hold on to that. Yeah. Are you still having encounters with these beings, Rob, that oh, you can recall? Yeah. What oh, was yeah. the last, what was the most recent that you recall? Oh, geez. My last re- recent one. I mean, just a basic, uh, hey, how's it going was probably about a couple, about a month ago. <clears throat> oh, excuse me. But the last, uh, the last big one where I had a ship just kind of like dancing around doing some crazy stuff was probably <sighs> a couple months ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah still around uh, summertime. Mm-hmm. The end of summer, and the, when you when you are in the presence of these craft, are there other people around? That uh, even traffic. I mean, are, where where are you when you're seeing them? I kind of on the outskirts of town a little bit, you know. And it's it's you know there's the weird thing about it. Uh, it's so blatantly obvious that there's there's a spaceship up there, but you know no one would really even notice it because it's so like. Um, they're kind of obscure in a way, you know, it's, you see it way out there, you know, up in space. And mm-hmm. uh, I've seen it up close where they can, they know exactly who's watching, mm-hmm. right, at, at any given time. So they're able to turn themselves off if they're, somebody can see it and is not prepared to see them or sure. isn't supposed to see them. So, right. Right. No, I've talked to a lot of people about that. I, I want to share with the journeyers and with you as well that I just about, oh, a few nights ago had uh, what would I'd call a recurring dream, except each dream sort of has a different twist to it, of seeing a multitude of craft in the sky. I haven't had, mm. it's been a serial dream, and I haven't had it for probably a good year or more. And this is probably the fourth time, just a few nights ago, where they at first appear to be cloaking themselves uh, as clouds even, very, very unique-shaped clouds, but then would morph into more of an obvious or more Mm -hmm. classical craft shape. Very, very clear. So I don't know whether that would jive with what you've been feeling or seeing. It happens to me all the time. Yeah, I've I've got pictures of it, actually, of where uh, the craft would be in a cloud and then turn the cloud into like a definitive, like, number seven. Right, and then shoot off, and I got a picture of like the cloud and then the craft off in the distance. I have it where I get the feeling, hey Rob, start taking a picture of snapshotting this cloud over here. Mm-hmm. Start, start, I'll start snapshotting it, and then a craft will manifest, a few craft will manifest, and then disappear. You know, um, so yeah, yeah. And then I've had it, you know, where they do, they go, is they're like little, they're like little, um, uh, basketball kind of size balls of light just up in the sky, you know. Right. Yes. And uh, they they play with the clouds, you know. I've had it where they play with the clouds, and then um, you know, a couple jets would come fly by, and you know, while while the ship's there, and so yeah, yeah it, it happens all the, all, all the time. Well, getting That's, getting back to what Steve Mara said in the in uh, the chalk that we had about the uh, the duration of a sighting, he also says that it's estimated that. Eight, uh, every eight seconds, a craft of unknown origin is uh, is witnessed around the world. Every eight seconds. And these are reported. Never never mind those that aren't reported. So they seem to be showing themselves a lot more these days. So uh, Yeah. Well, yeah I, mm. I love it. A good friend of mine. And here's a crazy thing. A good friend of mine uh, 
who's just started seeing stuff. He, he's at work and he's talking about, uh, you know, things that he, he's witnessed. And then everyone's curious about things I witnessed. And everyone's like, oh, man, it's crazy. But here's the cool thing. Uh, he's like out of the woodwork. People and family and friends I've known for, you know, my whole life. All of a sudden they start like, oh, yeah, I saw a spaceship. So it's like they're the everybody is seeing them but mm-hmm. nobody's talking about it right yeah well that's Weird. one of the reasons why we're doing this because i want people we've got to start talking about the elephant in the room the uh, elephant in the room i think is far more ubiquitous than uh, i'm sure than yeah. we are uh, let, letting on so let's let's talk amongst each other listen yeah. we're going to close this down i can't believe it flew by but i want you to let us know what message would you like to send rob to people listening out there about you your life, the larger message for humanity. How would you sum it up? Well, Just a little question. Uh, general general message is, is kind of like, uh, you know, would, wouldn't you say that, um, you know, or is everybody kind of like tired of the same old like uh, talking about it? Doesn't everybody kind of like want to start, I don't know, seeing something, right? And so my message is go out, go out there, try to make your own personal contact, right? Jeez, uh, start, start uh, getting groups together. Go out and making group contact, man. I think it's time that we actually start applying the knowledge that we've all learned and that we're all talking about, and actually start showing, you know, and doing. That's that's kind of like how I feel. Yeah, mm-hmm. time to start doing it. Absolutely. Well, we know that the the CE five. Uh, groups are yeah. growing, and then there's a, the, another protocol that uh, was called or is called HICE, Human Initiated Contact Encounters, which I think is based uh, loosely, at least, on the same idea of consciously calling and initiating contact, or at least ah, uh, beckoning yeah. the beings to yeah. come or the craft. So there is a lot going on. Yeah, I go, yeah. I go cowboy style. Just, just run out into the desert, <laughs> see what happens. See what absolutely. happens. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> We are all inextricably linked to this in some way, shape, or form, and oh. you are certainly no exception, Rob Robert Frost Fullington. You're uh, a dear. I, I always enjoy speaking with you, and I appreciate your courage and your candor in coming out and speaking with everyone, and I know they appreciate uh, that as well. So thank you so much. No thank you for your time. And thank, thank you. you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> and thank you, journeyers, as always. We love you. We're back. I know it's been a couple of weeks since we've uh, done a show, uh, but we're back now. So um, I'm glad that we were able to kick it off with Rob. And uh, once again, thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you real soon. Take care.